I'd like to welcome today's guest, Daria Muselli. Dar is a hiker. He's a member of the Catskill 3500 Club. He's done a lot of hiking within the state of New York and various places in the Northeast, as well as some national parks. In addition to hiking, Dar also likes to mountain bike. Today, that's what we're going to be talking about. Dar, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for inviting me. So the first question I have for you is, what started your interest in mountain biking? Well, it's, you know, I started out just road biking, probably like the majority of people, right? You buy a bike, you buy a cheap bike, you, you know, you get on the road um, and you start to enjoy just, just basic cycling. And I've always been more of like a recreational biker, right? I don't compete or anything like that. Um, And then I'm not sure exactly when it probably started about 10 years ago. A couple of guys at work would often mention, you know, hey, I've been mountain biking, you know, and it's challenging and it's fun. And um, there's a lot of, you know, places in the area where you can start off. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, an aggressive trail. You can start off with, uh, you know, beginner trails. And and the problem was, is I had a very old mountain bike um, that I had bought from a local sporting goods store here. And it really didn't have the capability to do anything aggressive. So um, I just basically started on, you know, very easy. I won't necessarily say pedestrian trails, but, you know, very easy dirt trails, not a lot of roots or rocks, anything like that. Um, And I guess, you know, the first bunch of years, I just developed an interest in it. And then and then I got serious about maybe five years ago and I bought my first full suspension mountain bike and actually started riding with um, some guys at work. And, uh, and again, you know, it seems like this is one of those cases where, you know, your gear can actually prevent you from, um, you know, fulfilling, you know, a certain amount of enjoyment, right? Certainly with a cheap mountain bike, you can get away with doing, you know, the beginner trails, but if you want to get into aggressive, you know, roots and rocks and trails that are uh, a lot more challenging. You really do need a, a decent bike. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars, but I would think that an entry level um, mountain bike might cost you, you know, perhaps in the thousand to fifteen hundred range. You know, just to be sure that it's not going to fall apart when you, you know, hit the trails. So yeah, that's it. it kind of morphed. I would say it kind of went into that next level about five years ago. And I've been riding with a group at work since then. It's like all of us at our hobbies, right? We're, we're, at, we're boys at heart, right? We start off with little toys and they get more and more expensive. And, and <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> you talked about the trails that you started out on and possibly ride on now. I think I'm not alone in, people get this idea they have images of mountain biking of these guys these young guys racing across these mountain trails in the air and you know jumping over things it doesn't sound like you have to start off that way no not not at all i mean you know the other thing with the other thing with just biking in general is um i i never really enjoyed running on the streets and i think i think the impact of running on asphalt always kind of hurt my knees and, and, 
ankles and things. And so I, I kind of was looking for more of a sport that was less of an impact. And I think I was also looking for something that I could get out and, and see a, a, a large portion of, you know, my local area. Certainly when you run, you know, you're, you're kind of limited to, you know, whatever, three, four or five miles that's, that's within your home. Um, you know, once you get into biking, you certainly um, can bike a lot of different areas and, and you can expand your horizon, I guess, of, you know, what you can see on a given bike ride. Um, and certainly you've done a lot of that as well, Chris. But. Yeah, I was just going to comment, right? I mean, if you get in a five mile run, you've covered a pretty good distance. I've gotten right. in 40 mile bike rides. Exactly. Like, wow, I covered yeah. a lot of ground and saw some cool things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't have to, I mean, you can do that right from your home. That's the, that's the interesting thing, right? If you take right, a 20, I, if you take a 20, garage. yep. So let me ask you, is there any special physical conditioning you do to keep yourself in shape for mountain biking as opposed to road biking or your other activities? No, I, in, in general, I think, you know, I, I'm also a hiker, as you know, and, um, I, I don't do anything special with regard to mountain biking. I certainly, uh, get on the treadmill in the winters when I can't be outside. And I try to get on the treadmill once or twice a week. And, and I certainly um, try to do like anywhere from 30 to 60 minute. And, and I don't run. I just do fast walks. And I definitely vary the incline. Um, and I think that that works, you know, your quadricep muscles and your hamstring muscles and calves and, and all that kind of thing. But um, I don't do anything specific for mountain biking itself. Uh, sometimes I think just the cross training, you know, I think. I think hiking actually helps you with mountain biking and vice versa. Yeah, I, I agree. I've been experiencing the the same experience. I, as, I just got back into biking this summer, as you know, mm -hmm. and I definitely feel like my stamina is better when I'm hiking now than it had been previously. Uh, I feel like when I've gotten a bunch of hikes in in a short period of time, it's also helping me on the biking end of uh, my conditioning. Right. Now you talked a bit, a bit about uh, the bike. You had started out with a road bike. You know, I currently have what they call a, a cross track bike, a crossover bike, where I can use it on gravel and on road. Mm -hmm. Certainly not set up for mountain biking, but you talked about you know there, as you get into that specialty bike, there's a there's a cost factor here. And can you just talk a little bit about again about what we can expect somebody going into entry level mountain biking? Yeah, well, what what it really comes down to is you know, when, when you start out with, it, it's called a hardtail, you know, a hardtail mountain bike typically doesn't have a shock on it. It may have a shock in the front, but it doesn't have a shock on the back. And that's just a term they use. Um, and certainly if, if you're on trails that are just dirt or gravel, um, you don't necessarily need a rear shock. But when you when you get to, you know, a certain level of mountain biking, and I won't even say it's necessarily advanced mountain biking. I mean, most most mountain bike trails are going to have some amount of roots and rocks, typically. Um, and when you when you get to that level, and and I should probably also add, you know, there's a, there's an age factor here too as well because, you know, at, at my age, at 55, um, when you're riding over something like that with a lot of roots and a lot of rocks, and you don't have a shock in the back. Uh, it can be pretty painful after about an hour of mountain biking. You can be sore for days after that. So 
so the rear shock just, I think, just helps with with pain and, and soreness. Um, and the other thing it helps with is just confidence. You know, when, when you're approaching when you're approaching a trail that has a lot of roots and rocks and you don't have a shock in the back and you know that you're going to get bounced around, you, you're kind of tepid and you're not really approaching it with a lot of confidence. And so I think this is one of those cases where um, when you can, you know, move from that entry level hardtail bike to a, you know, to a full suspension bike with a shock, um, it just allows you to have more fun. I hate to say it, that you have to spend money that, you know, to have fun, but it's, it's not a lot of fun, um, you know, riding over roots and rocks with, with a bike that doesn't have a shock on the rear. It's just, it's really painful. So. Yeah. I had, I had a similar experience with bikes this year when I got back into it and you and I spoke about this. I went and bought your off the shelf Walmart bike and I rode it and it was tough. I, you know, I was, the gears didn't shift very smoothly and felt every bump and every hill felt like it was exhausting. And then my, my boys chipped in and bought me a, a better bike. Now for, you know, like I said, mine's a cross bike. It's for gravel and road. They were able to get me a good bike for in the five, a little over $500. And what a difference. What a difference spending the extra money made. Much more enjoyable time out there riding. The yeah. hills are much more easier to ride. And you're right. Spending the extra money can mean having enjoying yourself as opposed to saying, wow, this is a lot of work. I'm yeah. not sure it's been fun. And I think, you know, you and I have talked about this as well. And I think we share, we kind of share the same opinion here. Like you, you don't necessarily have to jump to the top of the line, you know, um, because number one, you don't know if, especially if you're a beginner, you don't know if you're going to enjoy it. So my advice would be is to start with a, with a basic bike, um, and see if you enjoy the activity. If you enjoy the activity, then you can always upgrade and get something that's, uh, you know, a little bit uh, more expensive and, and, and easier to deal with in terms of the roots and the rocks. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend, you know, because the bikes can be really expensive. I mean, the sport has gotten, and I'm sure a lot of sports have gotten to this, you know, place where the, where the bikes are just, I mean, you can find bikes that are in the four or $5,000 range. I mean, the guys that I ride with, um, and I'm thinking about the five or six guys I ride with. I don't think any of them have a bike that's under three thousand dollars. And the funny thing is, is my bike's only only fifteen hundred dollars. So I've I've been at the very bottom of everybody that I ride with. But I still have fun. I, I think the bike is, you know, it suits my purpose. And, and maybe I lag behind a little bit, um, but I'm still having fun. And then, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily jump into that. These guys have been riding for much longer than I have, so. Um, I understand. They probably started with inexpensive bikes, you know, uh, when they were beginners also. So that's been my experience with backpacking. As you are aware, my, my background is more in backpacking and, and my years in scouts, I'd have this conversation with a lot of parents. Don't go out and buy that $200 backpack. Make sure your, your son is going to enjoy that activity. And that goes for adults too. Don't go out and buy the $400, you know, pack that everybody's buying right now. You might go back backpacking a couple of times and hate it. And it's the same thing with bikes, right? I think that it'd be easier for you to sell that, you know, what I, what I like to call, you know, entry level, but getting into real equipment, right? Like what I have, I consider mine, mine's on the low end of what would be a quality bike. And if I stay with it and, and enjoy it, well, I can sell my bike and then buy something better. 
Completely so agree. I, mine, I went into the bike store, the first bike store I went into, and I didn't buy a bike there. This guy brought me over to $800 to $1,000 bikes and told me, this is really what you need to do for entry level. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of money to put out right now if I start doing this and find I don't like it or, or my, you know, I'm, we're the same age. I have back issues. And I'm like, if I start doing this in, an, in a month or two, my back is in so much pain, I have to stop. I don't, you know. I just thought it'd be a lot more difficult for me to get rid of that thousand dollar bike than the, than the, the $500 bike. Yeah. Completely agree. So is there any safety gear, uh, that might be, I mean, you know, aside from the obvious wearing a helmet, is there, are there any other safe, any other, uh, pieces of safety gear you'd wear for mountain biking that you might not need for road biking? Um, well, the, the folks that I mountain bike with, and I can say that, you know, mo- most of the, People that you see on the trails mountain biking don't have a lot of safety gear. Obviously, safety glasses and the helmet. Um, and and you know we don't ride we don't ride very aggressively in terms of like doing jumps. I mean, I've seen uh, some of the areas that we mountain bike have jumps, but then then there's also a bypass, so you don't necessarily have to take the jump. Um, and when I see like some of the younger folks that are fearless and they're they're using the jumps and the you know doing really aggressive things they're typically um fitted with a lot more safety gear i mean i see the knee pads and the elbow pads and uh that type of thing but no we we don't necessarily use any special safety equipment and and most of the people we see you know in our age group we don't necessarily see any special safety equipment i say your your safety gear pretty much matches what you're taking on correct right yeah. And I've had, you know, I've had my spills. Um, I've had my share of spills. I've, I've had a lot of bruises and bumps and I've had some nasty bruises, but, um, like I said, I, you know, I'm not jumping ramps and, and doing crazy downhills where, you know, if you get flipped off your bike, you're just going to keep rolling and rolling and, and hitting trees. I mean, I, I don't do that type of super challenging, very dangerous type of mountain biking. So I agree. Um, and, you know, the worst things I've seen in terms of injuries in our group, you know, after riding four or five miles, I've, you know, one of the guys fell off his bike and actually broke his collarbone. Um, somebody else broke their collarbone uh, the year before that. Um, I've seen somebody accidentally fall off the bike, uh, flip over his bike, and it was just a very strange accident. Um, there was a branch that got caught in his, in his wheel and somehow it locked up his front tire and he flipped over the handlebars and landed on, um, a tree, a dead tree that was there. And there was a few branches sticking out and he just, um, poked his ear, his whole ear with the branch and he had to have some stitches and it, it dug into his ear pretty bad. And it was a pretty bad pretty bad injury, but you know, it wasn't anything serious or life threatening or anything like that. I haven't seen any of that in terms of, you know, like a life threatening injury or anything like that. It's typically bumps and bruises and that type of thing in that category. And most outdoor activities, there's going to be inherent risk and possibilities of, of injuries. And some of them, you know, you just, we know with our own experience, we, you know, we've, our group, the three of us, we've done a lot of hiking and there have been occasions where one of us is become injured it happens it's an inherent risk you take when you're doing these these type of activities yeah Um, it's inevitable 
Yeah. Places to go mountain biking. Okay. So, you know, you live in the Binghamton, New York area. What about any advice, you know, say you live in, you know, in another part of the country. What does somebody do if they say, wow, mountain biking looks like it could be a cool activity. Where do I go near me though? I, you know, I would, I would probably recommend, um, I would recommend, you know, getting online and doing some searches for the local mountain bike groups. And there's probably going to be several of those regardless of where you live. Um, I mean, unless maybe you live in an urban area, I'm not sure if they have mountain bike groups in, in urban areas, but, um, and typically once you, once you get connected, um, with some of the local mountain bike groups, they usually develop maps, uh, you know, mountain bike trail maps, and usually they're available online. I mean, in our local area, um, the five or six areas that we go to, you know, there's decent maps online and that should be available in most locations. I think where mountain biking is popular, if it's not popular, that may not be the case, but, um, I would say to start there, just start with the local mountain bike groups and try to find information, uh, from that point. I would guess, I, I grew up outside of New York City. I, I would assume in the information age, if I was still down in New York City, I could probably type in and find a place. It might I might not be able to ride my bike to that location, but I might have to, you know, put it on a bike rack on my car and drive it an hour or so away, but I'd find something. Agree. All right, Dar. I uh, Usually I'd ask if you have any advice, but you really covered a lot. I think you gave a lot of really good advice to people here. Um, and very informative and I hope everybody that listens who's maybe on the edge trying to think, well, maybe, maybe not. I think maybe I'm hope, hopefully this will encourage them to take that step and, and go out and give mountain biking a try. You yeah. Know, you, go ahead. I think the only thing I would offer is that, you know, we've talked about this so many times. It's like when you, when you get into a new sport, don't make it something that you're not looking forward to. Right. Don't don't set the bar so high that you're not enjoying yourself. You know, don't set the bar where you say, oh, I'm going to go out and mountain bike three or four times a week for two hours. And you start getting to the point where you're, you, you don't even enjoy it anymore, right? Just take the simple steps and make it enjoyable. And then just let yourself grow as your ability, um, you know, grows, whether it's getting a better mountain bike, whether it's going to a location that has more challenging trails or whatever it is, right? You just, just let your ability kind of move you forward as, as you, you know, find it more and more enjoyable. All right. That's, that sounds great. And Dara, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, this has been great. Uh, I hope to have you on again in the future because uh, there's a lot we can cover, but before we close, I'm just, just popped into my head. You do have a story, I believe with um, hornets attacking you while you're on your bike once. What was that? I didn't hear that. You have a, a situation, I believe, where you had some hornets attack you on your bike. <laughs> yes, I did. I um, I was mountain biking in a local area. And, you know, one of the problems with, with certainly being on a trail is is you can have, you know, hornet, hornet nests that are not just in trees, but sometimes they can be on the ground. And I think what had happened is I had gotten off my bike because there was a, a series of routes that I couldn't get over. And as I was walking my bike, I just stepped on a hornet's nest. <laughs> and of course, it brought up a whole swarm of bees and they got into my helmet and stung my face and head. And it wasn't it wasn't the best time. That's for sure. It was and it was quite painful, too. I was surprised because I've been stung by bees before. But uh, these hornets, I think they were European type hornets and they were just really painful. But uh, well, I've had it happen twice walking one on 
the Appalachian Trail in New Jersey. And this summer in my backyard, there was a hornet's nest that hadn't been there previously. And I stepped on it. And yeah, it's painful. All yeah. right. Thanks again, Dar. And, Thanks, Chris. Uh, and we'll have we'll look forward to having you on soon. Okay, we'll do. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at PapaBearHikes at gmail.com. Or check us out at PapaBearHikes01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.